Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Great. Can you tell the masses who you are, what you do? I am Steve Osmond. I was born in the province of Newfoundland, but I've been in Alberta, particularly in Calgary, for over 25 years. Uh, Part of that time here, I was serving as a pastor, as a minister in church. Uh, But then seven years ago, took a major career change, started my own business, and then uh, also went into uh, professional business coaching. And so I found that the combination of pastoral work and business ownership has uh, positioned me to be a a fantastic listener, an empathetic advisor, and a strategist for business owners. Cool. And how long long have you been doing the the, uh, business coaching thing for? Uh, six years. You've been doing it for six years. Six years as a business coach, but man, when I was in pastoral work, I was doing the work of a coach um, in, oh, a, for in, sure. in a different way. Uh, yeah. More and more, I guess people today would call it life coaching or personal coaching. Mentorship, Mentorship that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And working with teams for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I wanted to bring you on today because um, most of the people who listen to this podcast are going to be new business owners, new entrepreneurs, or maybe just a few years into it. Uh, maybe not, maybe more established, if so, great. But uh, the topic I wanted to bring you on for today, Steve, was just building a strong foundation of leadership in your business, um, which I think is really, really important to kind of build that foundation early, just so you don't have the headache and stress of it a little bit later on. Because, um, you know, I think you've you've read stories or seen stories of companies growing really fast. And without that, that foundation there, uh, it kind of crumbles and goes downhill really fast. So leading into that, um, tell me what the foundation is for a good leader. What uh, can those skills be taught? Is it a natural thing? Yeah, I love that question. Is is leadership? Are you born a born a born leader, or you do you develop as a leader? And I think in some ways it's a mixture of both. That there are some people who seem to have uh, a more natural leadership bent towards leadership. They yeah. just naturally emerge in a room of people. Their personality is bigger. Their their ideas come across stronger. Um, so yes, there are some natural leaders. However, uh, that does not uh, exclude anyone at all from becoming a fantastic leader. Leaders can be developed. Yeah, and I think that everybody already has um, the characteristics within them to be the leader. It's just sometimes going through. Uh, the process of mining those things, of actually uncovering the characteristics that are there. Uh, for example, it could be a, some, something as simple as determination and perseverance. This, those two characters alone, characteristics alone, can be a great foundation for, for an excellent leader, being determined and being someone who perseveres. Uh, and and that's, that's something that can be developed. Um, through discipline, through planning, through goal setting, through mentoring, developing that that characteristic. And that's only one example. Almost right. all leadership examples uh, can be inside someone, but they need to be developed and mentored. Right. Um, so, I mean, every leader has a different style. So uh, do you find certain styles to be a little bit more effective um, as, as like a new business owner or entrepreneur, maybe when you're first starting out, just based on what you said before? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think I think just before you get into styles, there's one step before that that leads into it. 
to truly discover your style of leadership or the personality of your leadership, I think first we need to discover what the values of a, of a leader is. Or, okay. or if, and for our listeners today, uh, could you clearly, if someone asked you, what are your three personal values, your three core personal values, uh, would you be able to articulate those clearly? Right. Um, they're there, they're latent, they're, they're, they're inside of us, but sometimes we haven't done the work to uncover them. So I would say um, the first step of developing a real clear and powerful leadership presence is to get clarity around what your values are. Uh, there's an exercise that I do with clients. Um, I call it mining for values, okay. where we we mine the soul, the personality, the the essence of the business leader to discover what are the what are the true values that that leader has. What's the their north star? What's the compass point that that really drives them? And usually, um, it's more uh, of more substance than just making a lot of money or having a successful business usually there's something underneath that that's uh, that that's it's more holistic yeah. more about meaning and purpose or why why they exist or why we exist right. and so uncovering those values and then and then developing um belief statements about those values so imagine you have a sheet of paper you've got your three top values written there and then underneath each one of those values you ha you write a belief statement this is what i believe about these values and then after you establish belief statements establish behavior statements because i believe this i will behave this way and then that leads into the personality of a leader because right. most of our personality is determined by how we behave how do we present ourselves to others in meetings to our staff to our clients to our stakeholders and uh and so instead of becoming a shallow leader that sounds like everybody else and looks like everybody else do the work that it takes to uncover the the depth of who you are and then build your beliefs and behaviors from that now having said that yeah. after you've done that uh, internal work uh, then I think it's good. It's fun to explore um, the more personality-driven approach to what kind of a leader am I? And so, for example, uh, very popular today is the Enneagram. Right. So I've done that with with many clients, and it's a it's a great uh, moment when the light bulb goes on for people with discovering what kind of a person and what kind of a leader they are. Uh, we also use the uh, the disc. Uh, personality assessment um, the D I S and C the the driving personality which is the D the I is the influencing personality the S is the steady personality and then the C is the conscientious personality right so that's a that's a great tool to help a leader understand their strengths their challenges uh, what their personal personalities are how how other people experience them that's that's a gr that's a great a great thing for a leader a great question for a leader to ask uh, himself or herself is how do people experience me i know how i feel about myself but how do others encounter me yeah. and so those kinds of personality assessments whether it's the enneagram or disc or there's many others i think that's that's important work for a leader to do 
Um, and that's, I, I think that's really the art of business. There's the architecture of business, which is good sales and marketing, good strategic planning, um, maybe an exit strategy, good human resources, hiring strategies. That, that's the yeah. architecture of business. But the art of business is, is what does it feel like for people to encounter me? What, what does it feel like for people to encounter my business? What's the personality of my organization? And uh, let's face it, we all want to do business with people that we feel connected to, that we like them. Yeah. There's a genuine sense of affinity. And sometimes we business leaders lose business because we're just not likable. Right. Or we're not able to adapt uh, to other people's personality. Um, so I think that's an important, and for, for, um, for entrepreneurs, uh, if you're listening and you're a new business owner or thinking about starting, or even if you've been on the road for a few years, um, I'd encourage to do that work of mining for values and then do some of those personality assessments. Um, and if you've already done all that work, every couple of years, swing back around and revisit it again. Oh, for sure. Because you want to stay fresh in your own personal awareness and, and you want to become more and more effective in how you interact with others. Yeah, definitely. And just because people change year to year and, and, and businesses change year to year too. So yeah, you know, things happen. Very much so. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, so Steve, you're putting in that work. You're 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 doing the things that you need to become a better leader. Um, every every good leader probably has a management team or people under them. Like, how do you how do you delegate responsibilities effectively as a leader? Oh. What are some things you want to do or not do? I think that one of the very first things that I do when I engage a new client mm-hmm. is is do a, an assessment of how they're spending their time. Okay. So in, in one of our assessments, we ask, we ask our clients this particular question. I spend 75% of my time on what matters most. That's the statement. Mm-hmm. And then the client scores themselves on a scale of one to 10. 10 being the highest, one being the lowest. And again, here's the statement. You write this down if you're listening. <laughs> I spend 75% of my time on what matters most. It's a great, great measurement and a great thing to reflect on Mm -hmm. as a leader. Um, We figure, this is not science, but generally we say that a a small business owner in Canada is worth about $300 an hour in terms of uh, the company's income, the budget, how the company moves forward. The CEO, the president, the business owner is worth about 300, 350 an hour. Okay. You know, some people don't take that amount home, but in terms of business value. Right. So the, a good question is, are any of the tasks that you're doing as the business owner, are they worth three, your $300 an hour salary? Interesting. You know, so are you, are you saying, well, I'm going to save some money by, by answering the phones? Yeah. And I'll save I'll 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 save twenty dollars an hour uh, by spending my three hundred dollars an hour when I could be spending that time doing business development, expanding, starting in a new city, networking, networking, yeah. personal development, personal growth, sales training. I mean, there's so many things that we could be doing, and I often find that um, that business owners are doing these. Uh, admin $20 an hour tasks when they those should be given to somebody else. And the true work of leaders 
should be spent, that's the true time of leaders should be spent on three things as much as possible. And we say 75%. So of course, there's always going to be minutiae and putting out fires. No one's going to be perfect. Yeah. But 75% of the time, if you're working on these three things, number one, vision. Mm-hmm. Where is the company going? Where are we going to be in a year from now? Where are we going to be three years from now? Where are we going to be five years from now, 10 years from now? Where are we going? And doing the exercises uh, that help determine that. Things like SWOT analysis or business effectiveness analysis or Mm -hmm. business assessments. Always keeping your eye on the future. So what happens, and this is a cliche, it's so cliche now I hate saying it, but uh, people spend too much time working in the business instead of on the business and if you're listening you may just gag because you heard that a thousand times <laughs> right but but, but it's true but it's still true yeah um you know we get so caught up in what's happening this week or or, or even this in this day or in this month we're not looking at, we're not thinking about the future right so number one is uh, you know how much of your time are you spending on the vision of the company the second thing that a business owner or leader should spend their time on is the, is focused around the word alignment. Mm. Okay, I've spent this time, I've created this vision of the future. So now how do I make sure that all of my business activities are aligning to that vision? Who I hire, how I budget, the clients I reach out to, how I spend my time, my schedule, is how, how do my how do my staff behave? Yeah. Is all of that aligning to the vision? Uh, Patrick Leoncioni says uh, this, he said, if we can get all of the members of our team rowing in the same direction, then there's no competition that can stop us. And that's not, that's not a direct quote. You can look it up. It, right. It's powerful. It's the idea. I'm going to fact check you, you after fact this. check yeah. me, yeah. As soon as I started saying that quote, I thought, I'm going to say this quote wrong. I get it. Yeah, I, no, that's so, But if you Google, Google that, it's about this idea of, right. uh, of, of like expert oarsmen or mm-hmm. oars people. Uh, if, if we're all rowing in the same direction, and that's the question of alignment. So the business owner should be asking questions like, what parts of our business activity are not aligned to the vision and then working on building that alignment. And then the third thing that a business owner wants to, should be spending their time on is execution. Am I making sure that everybody is executing uh, their role, their duties, their responsibilities? So not having your head buried in the sand or getting caught up in tasks and taking your eye off the ball. But number one, what is, Uh, What is the vision of the future for our company? Number two, how can I build alignment within the organization? And three, I need to be the champion of execution, making sure it gets done. Now, having said that, I haven't really answered your question about delegation. So I do have a delegation tool that I do with most of my clients. And uh, it's a a grid. It's hard to describe verbally, but there's a grid uh, with four quadrants in it. And the graph has two, uh, two criteria to it. Things that I'm good at on one side, mm-hmm. so good or bad in terms of skill. And then on the other side of the grid or graph is things that I love or hate. So if you can picture this, this graph with four quadrants, mm-hmm. things that I love and hate, and on the other side, things that I'm good at or bad at. And we use that graph to create four uh, criteria of activity okay so for example in the in the fourth quadrant or the worst 
quadrant, leaders that are doing things that they hate and they're bad at. Right. You hate them and yeah. you're bad at them. Yeah. Well, those are the things you should delega- delegate immediately. For sure. Right away. Yeah. Get those off your plate. Find some way to get those off your plate because you're doing more damage to your business because you're horrible at it. And also you're doing damage to yourself because emotionally it's draining energy yeah. from you. And then the third, the, the, so that's the fourth quadrant. The third quadrant are things that you, um, things that you love, but you're horrible at. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, that's the second quadrant. Things that you love, but you're horrible at. And then your option is to improve and grow. Yeah. So you, you will consider, you'll consider doing that. The third quadrant is the opposite of that. It's the things that you, you hate, but you're good at. You hate doing them, but you're good at them. Uh, get those off your, those are the second things that you should be delegating. Mm-hmm. And then the ones that you should stick with are the things that you are good at and you love. You're the owner of the business. You're the, you're the one who gets to decide who does what. So try to spend as much of your time doing things that you love and things that you're good at, and then use this, this, this graph to be able to de- determine uh, what should I delegate first. Awesome. So delegation um, des- necessarily doesn't mean motivation, um, you know being voluntold to do something maybe in a business setting. So, so how do you differentiate that? Like how, 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 as, as a leader, how do you motivate your team instead of just, you know, telling them to move and go? Right. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of books and blogs and podcasts about motivation for sure. And so it's, it's, it's complex, but my, my discoveries have been, is that you genuinely can't motivate people you may scare them or bribe them or uh, bully them Mm -hmm. uh, into action or as you use the word voluntold Mm -hmm. Uh, true motivation comes from the inside so the fancy words that that leaders use are extrinsic motivation or intrinsic so extrinsic meaning I am motivated from the outside. Um, If you don't do this, you're fired. Oh, all of a sudden, I feel really motivated right now. Or uh, if you do this, you'll get a $10,000 bonus. Oh, I feel really motivated. (laughs) So that's, but that's not true motivation. That's, again, it's more bribery or fear. Mm -hmm. So the best kind of motivation is this intrinsic where where the individual, the leader, or the team member says, I'm going to bring my best to the table. I'm going to be at my best today. I'm going to be fully engaged. I'm going to be uh, the best member of the team possible. Um, that kind of attitude really can only come from the inside. Right. And so what can a leader do then to motivate? I mean, of course, we can. there's always the threat of, you know, if you don't behave a certain way, you're fired. And if you do behave a certain way, you'll get a reward. That's always going to be part of it. But if you really want engagement from your team, and if you really want to find engagement for yourself, then what we want to do is create an environment that allows motivation to occur. Mm-hmm. So um, it could be, for example, um, if someone on your team is a collaborative worker, and they get energized by conversation, uh, brainstorming, dialogue. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you create a sterile environment that doesn't allow for conversation or you cut them short. Um, you don't allow them to share their ideas. 
then you you've created an environment that demotivates. Right. So if you want to to motivate that employee then or that team member or your vice president or whatever it is, then you ask yourself this question, you can jot this question down. What kind of culture or environment do I need to create to keep people in this place where they can maintain their own personal motivation. For sure. And that probably changed workplace to workplace. That cha- exactly. Point. Yeah. Yeah. If, for example, if you're, if you're in a room full of uh, creatives, yeah. uh, as opposed to a room full of accountants, you might have very different uh, environments that will create uh, a space for a healthy motivation mm-hmm. or, or lack of motivation. Yeah, for sure. That's great, Steve. So, uh, I mean, we could talk about this forever. I mean, you're such an expert on this topic. It's just, sorry, I didn't really say much as you're talking. I'm just kind of staring at you and trying to absorb as much as I possibly can. But Well, uh, I think the audience should know, Jeff, that you and I, while we appear to be friendly on this podcast right now, (laughs) we are actually on opposite sides of the team when it comes to our ball hockey careers. Right. And, and sometimes only, on the same team. Sometimes that's on how the, I met you. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but I would say that uh, you are a fierce competitor on the ball hockey court. <laughs> yeah. A, a noble, Years ago, a, a noble uh, competitor. About thirty pounds ago. Yeah. yeah I, I was running up the the ball hockey floor, and I kept this stick kept poking me in the back, and I'm like, "Who? What's going on? Why is somebody stabbing me in the back with their hockey stick?" And I yeah. I glance back, and there's Jeff with a big grin on his face. I know, uh, harassing a much older player, his opponent. So. <laughs> and you could tell I was the last person running back. You too. were, yeah. I, yeah. It was a very very hey, poor back flo- checking. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of the mo. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I know some of the some of the listeners um, are connected to your business, and I do want to say. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to share. And having known you for several years, you're certainly someone that I see someone as likable, as trustworthy, and someone that I'd, I'd be pleased to uh, do business with and to recommend people to you to do business as well. You do great work. You're always on time. You're always true to your word. And the quality, you've done a couple of videos for me, and the quality is fantastic. Well, thank you. And, I appreciate uh, that. I, without any hesitation, I, I reckon, recommend you to others. Awesome. Well, uh, tell people how they could find you if, if people are interested in your services. Who, me? You, believe uh, it or not. Well, <laughs> if, if someone goes to the Google machine. Right. Google box. The Google box. They can uh, type in these words. Steve. Mm-hmm. Osmond, yeah, O S M O N D for the older listeners. Right, that's the uh, same as Donnie and Marie. <laughs> and for the younger listeners, you're saying, okay, Boomer. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> uh, so Steve Osmond, Calgary business coach. Right, Steve Osmond, Calgary business coach, and I'll pop up in your search there. You can also find me on our company website. The company name is Rhapsody Strategies. Rhapsody as in bohemian <laughs> and strategies as in strategies. Right. So that's www.rhapsodystrategies.com. And because right now, as you're having trouble spelling that, as you're writing that down, that's why I led by saying Google Steve Osmond, right. Calgary business coach. Way much easier. Yeah. yeah. The silent H in Rhapsody yeah. throws a lot of people off. Uh, are, are, are you pretty prevalent on social media? Can people kind of find you there or try to? Or I'm, I'm going to say I am mediocre. On, right. on, but uh, you're there. I'm there. A mediocre defined is this, of middle quality neither good nor bad <laughs> you're just there of middle you're quality taking up space i'm taking up space yeah, uh just... so i i am probably most active on facebook okay um 
um, and they uh, can just search Steve Osmond. Steve Osmond, yeah. And Rhapsody Strategies is also on Facebook. Rhapsody Strategies is also on Instagram, and the uh, Rhapsody Strategies also has a presence on Pinterest. <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever been on Pinterest, but we are. We are <laughs> yeah, right. our company is there. Yeah. Although there Good is a, there is a hockey meme or a hockey theme rather hey, on Pinterest, I think. If you're talking about marketing and business, that's still a pretty it's still you're right. It's still a pretty lucrative market if yep. you can get into it, depending on your business. Right, and that I, I know our business is on there. I'm not active personally. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Steve. I appreciate your time today. Uh, always good to be with you, Jeff. Thanks. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to the BVS podcast. Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes or a high rating on whatever type of platform that you are listening on. It really helps the show and helps us grow and helps us continue. So we really appreciate your support on that. The BVS podcast is created and produced by Blind Viking Studios in Calgary, Alberta. Blind Viking helps business owners get customers online by creating and distributing purposeful video and audio content. In a nutshell, we produce podcast, video content, live stream content, and then hook you up with a distribution plan that gets your content seen. We can also do the grunt work. We do editing, mixing, mastering, and more. If you want more info, you can always check out the website at blindviking.com. Thank you very much, and until next time.